doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy looking being. Welcome. I'm your host. And this is uncomfortable. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Eric Salaji. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on an upcoming episode, please don't hesitate to email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. Most importantly, please help share the show with others and make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. That is the main way that you can help in getting the show out in front of more people. And with more people listening, that means more great people like tonight's guest coming forward with their stories. Uncomfortable-pod.com is now up and running, and that is the official landing page for the Uncomfortable Podcast. If you are a fan of the show and you are interested in helping support what we do here, please go over to patreon.com slash uncomfortablepodcast770 and see if any of the three tiers there interest you. I'll be uploading a little Halloween bonus for the members in just a few short days. I've had a lot of fun working on that. The link for the Patreon and the Uncomfortable Discord will be in the show notes below. Tonight's guest is Josh, and Josh hails from the fine state of Minnesota. He has, among other things, had a personal experience with our favorite elusive hairy creature that we all love to hear about. So, if you're ready, let's get into it. Welcome to Uncomfortable. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here, my friend. You reached out to me. uh, Well, I think our first interaction was what on Discord, correct? Yeah, it was one of your campfires. Yep. And then, uh, you know, you kind of got me on the hook and I was like, I got to talk to this guy. And uh, you had some things going on, and uh, I was like, oh, man, I hope this isn't going to be one of those. They waver, and they want to tell their story, but they don't want to tell their story. And uh, sure enough, you uh, you ended up sending me an email fairly recently with uh, uh, a little bit of a, a teaser in it. And uh, then I asked you to provide kind of the bullet points of what had gone on without spelling, spilling the beans or anything. And uh it sounds like quite an experience you had. Yeah, I'm glad I had it with my dog. I can tell you that much because she validated it for me. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? Uh, she was. Well, she's gone now, but uh, oh, it was. Uh, she was a German. Oh, no worries. She's a German Shepherd Collie mix. Nice. Very small, smart, very protective. <laughs> mm-hmm. So 
let's get into it. Walk me into uh, what what happened. Uh, well, it was, it was probably 2009, 2010. Me and my buddies used to always go cruising, and it was just kind of really not the best weather, and there wasn't much going on, so we just decided to stick around and have a fire, and that's what we did. You know, had a couple beers, no big deal, and everybody was leaving, and I was sitting out on the porch having a cigarette, you know, making sure everybody was good, getting where they needed to go, getting doing what they needed to do. And dog was just going nuts to try to get outside. And I'm like, all right, so I let her out, go back, sit down, just kind of relax and waiting for her. The other thing, and the yard, like when you go out on the porch, there's a light, and then the light, it's not very, it doesn't expand very far, but I was watching her, and then, she stopped, like dead stopped, could not call her, calling her name, calling her name, and not like her. She doesn't, and she wasn't like really going crazy, just staring. So I go out there and I look, and then I was watching her tail, and her tail was just slowly starting to go down between her legs. So I'm go out there and I'm looking. Finally, the my light or my vision kind of got clear. I could see in the dark, you know, a little better, and. I was looking out in the field and there's probably three trees and they're very distinct. And it was the only thing between me and the field. And it was very moonlit in the back. So I'm looking, looking and I'm like, Holy smokes, there's a bear standing there, you know, on all fours. If you just kind of imagine the, the silhouette of a bear standing behind a tree, the bear was, or the tree was, I don't know, maybe 15 inches wide, nothing huge, but not a small one. Mm-hmm. And it was probably four ish feet wide and i'm like and it's on all fours is that what you said well i thought it was a bear standing on all fours at first because it was i could just see the silhouette you know and it was just like that kind of a shape of a mass it was just like a kind of a mass i could see I, it wasn't really detail oriented i could just see like there was something there and i just thought bear because that's the size and whatnot yeah. so i'm watching watching smoking my cigarette and i'm like what is that it's got to be and it wasn't moving when all of a sudden it like raises, it stands up and I immediately knew it wasn't a bear because yes, bears stand up. Um, but when they stand up, they get narrower and they're not seven, eight feet tall. At least the few little ones we have around here aren't, um, it maintained that width all the way up. And I'm like, um, all right. So, and then I'm just kind of in shock. And then its right arm, like it, its back was to me. It was leaning against the tree, swung behind the tree, kind of wrapped around the tree, and it just kind of like like a door. It just kind of swung around the tree and looked at me. And I didn't see like glowing red eyes, and I didn't see any orbs or no smell. I was just in shock. Like there's no way I'm seeing what I'm seeing. And I was in shock. Like I couldn't move. I don't want to say I was scared, but I was just trying to process what the hell I'm seeing. And what's the distance you're at from, from this thing now? Uh, at this point was probably, uh, that light post is probably 20, 30 yards. Maybe that's close. It is pretty close. Well, and it's just, it was on, I knew, I know how big those trees are because I have, I got a boat target hanging between them and I walk up to them all the time and it yeah, it was eight feet, seven, eight feet tall. Well then I was like in shock and I'm processing this. Couldn't move. Didn't think to grab my phone. Didn't think anything. Just trying to look at this. My cigarette actually burnt my lip, snapped me out of whatever trance I was in. And then I look up at the house and the dog is at the house trying to, I didn't even know she ran away. She was up at the house trying to get in, whining, whimpering. At that point, I just ran back towards the house and tomorrow's a new day. I, the way it wrapped around the tree, I get why they, some people call them tree peekers, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It was the way you described that, you know, just hooking its arm around it and then just kind of swinging out, uh, kind of like a door to, uh, to get a look at you. Um, that's, that's very, that's a very common, uh, 
uh, a very common, I don't want to say your description of that is common, but it's a, a very common event, how people always are reporting that these things wrap that massive arm around the, the base of the tree and then just kind of uh, lean out and, and show themselves. Yeah, and it. I wish that I would have been on the other side because then I would have had more light to see. I really wanted to see its face, but I couldn't. It was just a giant mass. And like I tell people, like obviously it's not scientifically proven, but I tell people, okay, well, it was either Bigfoot or it was under the giant stand in there wearing football pads because <laughs> this thing was massive. So undoubtedly, without a without a shred of doubt in your mind, this thing was definitely not a bear. No. Ottawa was at first, but I mean, we we have bear in Minnesota, yeah, but where I'm at in central Minnesota, there's not many, and I don't ever, I've never seen one that big. I mean, seven, eight feet tall and four feet wide, that's a big bear. Yeah. And the arms, the way, the arms were, it wasn't proportioned like a bear. The arms were longer than a bear, sure. And the hand, I could see kind of like the shadowish, like I, I couldn't see exactly fingers because it was kind of dark but i could see the size of the hand it was not a bear what are we talking about lighting conditions what what are we talking about um how how much light was there what what were you be what were you able to take away from and i understand it's a stressful situation i understand you're trying to wrap your head around what you're looking at it doesn't make sense and there's a lot of things going on but what can you definitively say about what you saw as far as defining qualities of the creature? If I were to say anything, it was a giant man because it, it was very comfortable in two legs and it just stood up natural. Like if, you know, like a bear is like sometimes they do like that little hop thing mm-hmm. or whatever yep. and kind of stand up and they're kind of awkward when they, they, they stand. Mm-hmm. No, this thing was totally comfortable, and when its arms swung out, it I just didn't seem buried me, you know. And I, I've been in the woods since I was six years old. I've been hunting by myself and with a gun since I was twelve. I mean, I've been out in the woods. I spent a lot of time in the woods, and it just like the scariest noise I've ever heard was a fox, believe it or not. And I didn't know what that was until my dad told me. It's just. I don't know, man. I know who I have a sense almost, you know? And then the way my dog was acting too, if it was a bear, she probably would have charged it like to scare it off. Mm-hmm. She was petrified. Interesting so, though. You said, uh, there was no smell that accompanied it. Um, do you know, were you aware were you upwind of it, downwind of it? Um, I don't know what the wind conditions were. And you asked about the lighting. So I was standing underneath the yard light. There's a yard light between the porch and the garage. And there's probably, I would say, a 80-foot gap between the house and the garage. So I was standing in the middle of that in the light, right underneath the light pole. And then probably, I don't know how far it is, but there's three trees that kind of go around the driveway there. So it was just outside of the light but it was moonlit in the back. There wasn't like a forest behind it. It was an open field. There was just three single oak trees there and it was very moonlit. So I got a good silhouette. Obviously covered in hair. From what I could, I couldn't really define hair, but it was definitely, I mean, yeah, I would say it was hair. It was definitely hair. It definitely wasn't a naked dude standing there. I can tell you that. Okay. (laughs) So what what happens what happens next? How how long are you guys looking at each other? Well, um, I was probably when I went outside to go see what my dog was looking at. I probably had half a cigarette left, and then I finally noticed it, and then it stood up uh, three four minutes maybe. Maybe. Do you think it's a initial attention was drawn to your dog being out there? Uh, I've been asked that and I don't know because it wasn't, I don't know if it caught wind of us or if my dog caught wind of it, 
I couldn't smell anything. At least I wasn't even in the heat of the moment. That was the last thing I was thinking about. I was sure. trying to figure out what I was looking at, but Absolutely. Um, nothing noticeable. So I don't know if she smelled them, but I, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it was just sitting there and then it just maybe heard me asking the dog what's going on and wanted to check or, and I wish in hindsight, I wish I would have actually not obviously walked up to it to shake its hand, but you know, back to (laughs) not panic and run to the house like a little girl. I wanted, I should have backed up to the house and then watch to see what it does. I don't even know where it went or if it ran away or walked away or what it did. I So you broke nope. you broke you broke gaze with it and retreated to the house. So you you don't know what it did. It at the time that you turned from it, it was still standing there looking at you. Yeah, when I looked at it and then it was it swung around the tree when I seen it and I was still looking at it. And then, like I said, my cigarette, I was in a train. I couldn't do anything. I, I can't explain that. I mean, I wasn't, I don't, I didn't have the like sense of dread. I wasn't like fearful for my life. I was just like, what in the hell is that? But you're not, you're not indicating that you felt that you were in a trance because of this thing. It was just merely the, the onslaught of, of emotions and, and trying to figure it out that you were just kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think it did anything to me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it did anything to me, but I just I was in shock. Like I just could not stop looking at it until Well the reason I ask is be- my lip. the reason I ask is because some people report um that that heavy that heaviness and that, that dreadful feeling from, you know, the possible existence of uh infrasound um at the time of uh, sightings like this. So I was just for the listeners I was trying to clarify that oh yeah, being in a trance was not necessarily. You weren't literally being put into a trance by this thing. Yeah, no, no, I don't. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I obviously I was able to whatever, my, but burning my lip, and then I looked at the house, and I think the dog's reaction got the better of me. So I just kind of was like, "Yep, if you're going in, I'm going in too." I don't blame you. I would too. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really would. I mean, uh, you know, my perfect. My perfect uh, sighting would be in a in a clear cut, um, a good 120, 150 yards away. Um, great visual conditions, sun out, um, nothing to impede my vision. Seeing it cross from left to right or right to left through a clear cut, and that would be my perfect. Being real close to my car. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was anything anything closer than that and uh with with no uh, mode of transportation to escape i think i'd uh I'd, I'd drop a load right there yeah it you know like i said i wasn't i've heard other stories and encounters and they're like i just have the sense of dread i didn't feel that now i was definitely shocked and i definitely ran to the house and I don't even know why that's not instinctually like me. My dad always raised us, don't run from well, predators, but I don't know what this thing does, eats and everything. You know, I've heard stories and whatnot. I got heard theories, but so you, I just kind of went off my the, dog's reaction. At the time that you witnessed this, Bigfoot was already a thing in your reality, right? You were already had heard about them, knew what they were, had, uh, had yeah, heard stories I was, uh, about them. Yeah, I mean, I've, always at the before this happened i wanted bigfoot to be real i was always into the subject i've seen um you know finding bigfoot and expedition bigfoot and um i've always been into that kind of stuff i didn't always believe it i thought i wanted it to be real but i never seen one you know it's i'm like "Eh, maybe they're real it'd be cool to see one one day and then literally this happened. And like I told you earlier, when we were talking, it just changed the whole paradigm of everything. I mean, it everything. So being that close the next day, daylight out, nothing hiding in the shadows. Do you go out and you look for, for prints? Do you look for hair on the, on the bark of the tree? Do you, you look for anything? We looked, we looked and we just saw the grass was kind of bedded down I mean, nothing, we didn't see any 
prints or hair. We looked, but there was nothing there. Who is we? Me and my dad. Your dad went out with you. So yeah. so there's a there's got to be an uncomfortable conversation at some point yeah. from the time that you come in the house until the time your dad decides to go out with you to look at the area where you said you saw this thing. Tell me, how, how does that conversation go, and what's well, his reaction to what you say? All right, well, my dad is a very cut-and-dry, no-bullshit kind of guy, former military. He did, wakes up every morning early, goes has his cigarette and his coffee, and gets on with his day, and I just happen to go out on the porch and have coffee with him and have a cigarette. And He said he noticed the dog was out there. My dog was out there, and he goes, why does she keep sniffing around that tree? And I kind of laughed and he goes, what? And I'm like, there was something there last night. And he goes, what do you mean there was something there? Maybe there's, I, dad, I, I think there was a Bigfoot there. And he kind of looked at me, he's like, oh, Joshua. And I'm like, dad, I'm not kidding. So we went and looked and after, you know, him seeing how the dog was reacting around the tree and noticing, noticing the grass was kind of laid down there. He's like, you weren't drinking, you weren't smoking. I'm like, no, nothing. I mean, I had a couple of beers, but even if you're drunk, you're not going to hallucinate a Bigfoot, you know? <laughs> right. Unless and you're really, really just, drunk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it wasn't even, it was just a couple of beers because we were all bored and fire got out. It was kind of an early night. This happened probably around 11-ish, 11.30-ish. So it's not, what time I mean, of it was kind of late, but. What time of year was it? It was fall this time of year. Yeah. But yeah, he finally talking to him and kind of just breaking everything down. I'm like, okay, enough with, you know, just cut the crap. What do you honestly think? And he goes, you know, he won't tell me certain details, but he just kind of always, yep, there's things out there. Just be mindful. Respect the woods, respect your surroundings and you'll be good. And that's pretty much it. That's all he talked. He won't get into detail, but really. Yeah, he just, he, and like he had an experience, he was letting his dogs out just a couple of months ago, maybe a couple months ago. And he's got two male abs and he was saying how they both just kind of froze out in that field that was beyond where I was. Same piece and of property, And this was probably right? 9.30. Yeah, same piece of property. Okay. Probably 9.30 at night and he was out in the field with the dogs and he was just telling me the story. I wasn't there or anything, but. And he said they both acted really weird. And then he kind of played it off like, oh, it's probably just coyotes. And I, I literally looked at him, and there's kind of one of those things like, mm, no, because those dogs are not cower like that. Just like my dog wouldn't, if it was a bear, I'm not kidding you, Eric. My dog would have ran after it to protect me. Yeah. She was scared to death. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things like when you know, you know, like I'm, I've told a lot of people this and I get a lot of grief for it and that's fine. You weren't there. You don't know what I saw and you don't have to believe me. That's totally cool. You know, you don't have to believe me. I'm not getting famous off this. I'm not making a dime off this. I just, I want to tell a story. You know, I want to get to the truth of everything. And that's why I listen to podcasts like this because you guys bring on some good subjects and it makes a guy think. It does make you think. And I, I guess I'm curious as far as what you think. What do you think Bigfoot is? What do you think? What do oh. you think that you were looking at? Do you think that you know? Because in the Bigfoot community, you know, uh, there's multiple sects, but two of the major ones yeah. are you know you have the apers or you have the the human. And you know, for me, my from my standpoint. I've heard enough stories and read enough uh, experiences and talked to enough people that these things exhibit very human attributes. And yeah, I can agree. Yeah. You know, I, I know that, you know, like if you go to the zoo or, you know, you can see the same thing on tiktok or instagram reels you know gorillas and and monkeys seem to be a very popular thing in these short videos and you can see you know everything from how they mate 
<laughs> which I don't know why yeah. anybody videotapes, but you can see how they mate. You can see how they groom themselves or each other. You can see how they behave with their their babies. Um, you know, it's very, very human-like. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, maybe that's me. Maybe that's me putting that human facade on them unnecessarily but to me it seems like with the the vast amount of things that i've watched heard and read that these things are more closely related to us than a a dumb animal yeah i can I can see that, you know, and I hear like people talk about the woo and all that. I never saw anything that was weird or, I mean, obviously what I saw was weird, but I mean, you know, like as far as aliens and all that, none of that. I mean, it, to me, this was just a normal animal, but it wasn't an animal. Like it's hard to explain how you just get that feeling like, okay, that's not that. And it just, I don't know how to explain it. I would say I would have to agree with you that it's I personally, in my experience, is it's more human or more animal. I, I mean, I uh, you hear the oh, it's just the you know the missing link stories or it's an ape or I don't know because I yeah, you know gorillas are smart, but that's interesting that you use that phrase, the missing link. I don't know what your age is. You know, I'm 58. I've been around a while, and there for a while, the term missing link was used a lot and that is not something you ever hear anymore nobody ever refers to something or in reference to a missing link it's almost like that it's almost like that has been written out of uh contextual uh conversation or 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 print they just don't ever use it anymore and i wonder why that is i thought that was a relatively good explanation for an umbrella of things that were not well, well understood. Well, yeah. And I mean, I used to get it. I mean, I've been, I'm 35 and I've been watching Bigfoot stuff forever. And I love all the theories, but from what I saw, I just, it's, it's flesh and blood. And it's, I would say it's more related to human. I mean, apes are smart, but they're, this thing was watching me and it had total control of the situation. Like if it wanted me or the dog, there, I didn't have a prayer. It just, it was cool and calm and just kind of chilled and peeked around the tree. And that was enough for me. It, that's an interesting, I mean, that's an interesting attribute. You say how calm and cool it was. And I think that is, uh, I think, I think that's important because they are so comfortable in that outdoor in that wilderness in that that is their living room that's their bathroom it's their everything yep and they are so you know that's that's what gets me about people that say well you can't get a picture of them you can't get this and you know if i were to walk into your home and take a two inch little picture tiny little frame two inch picture and go into your house and unbeknownst to anybody put that picture up hanging on a wall somewhere it would get noticed it would get noticed and if you take that and you reverse the roles and you go out and you put a trail cam on a tree do you really think it's that difficult for them to notice no, well, and especially if they can see in a different spectrum. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's a possibility. Yeah. Or they can hear it maybe. I don't know. I mean, or, I'm telling or, you. Or like, their sense of smell is so, is that that they can recognize the plastic is not a, a natural smell for that area. Or maybe yeah, their hearing, well or their hearing is more acute, and maybe they hear the components, the internal components of a, a trail cam as it's taking a picture, so they recognize that that's something that – they stay away from because not that they know that they would have a picture taken of them, but it's an unusual sound. 
Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like I, they, there's gotta be something. Cause even the deer, I mean, you look at a trail cam, I mean, deer is not going to destroy your trail cam, but they notice it. They look up when the pictures start sure. clicking. Yeah. So, I mean, and like you brought up the, the phone thing and or the camera thing. And that's another thing is I grew up, uh, with the fathers, former military and guns are always a thing. You never play with them. They're not toys. We use them for this, this, and this. Yep. That's that. And it's safety, safety, safety. Well, I can tell you right now, even if I had a gun on me at that time or my phone for that matter, those are the last two things I would think of. I never even thought to grab my phone. My instinct was, okay, dog's trying to get in. I'm going to listen to her. Yeah. Well, the gentleman in my episode two and three, um, in Cass County here, um, he had his phone in his hand when it walked out in front of him in the swamp. His phone was in his hand. He had just been talking to his dad and his brother or his brother-in-law, um, across the other side of the swamp. So when this thing walked out, he was literally... 10 inches away from raising and pushing a button to get a, a video or a picture of this thing never even dawned on him. Oh, and it, it kicks your ass in hindsight when you think about it, but you know, in the heat of the moment, you just don't think about stuff like that. Sure. And even like people are like, well, look at these videos. All these videos are blurry. Okay. Well, have you ever been in shock before? Like I'm surprised they're even able to pull their phone up and click of any app, let alone get a, try to get a video or something. Right shaking so bad you know you can't focus when you're doing that so what about the area what about the area you know this you said this happened around 2009 or so um yep you seem like a relatively intelligent guy if i'm if i'm reading the room right i would think that not only have you heard about and seen on other shows about these things but now you've had a real life experience it would make sense to me that you would naturally want to delve into this more. So did you start taking a look at, um, your, your general area in the state? I think you said what central Minnesota. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Central Minnesota. Um, yeah, there's some, uh, good wildlife refuges around that, you know, I've always wanted to try to get out and see if I can find anything. And, um, we've gone out a couple of times and, my wife's not really into the whole Bigfoot and thing, but she loves being out in nature. And she was, we were out in uh, the wild, a wildlife refuge around the area. And she had said, she goes, do you feel like we're being watched right now? And I just kind of laughed and I started looking around, didn't see anything, but I'm like, yeah, well, we are in the woods, you know, it could be anything, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the area I'm at. It's, it's, it's hard to explain. It's a lot of field. I mean, it's, we're out by the Sherburn County Wildlife Refuge, so, I mean, we've kind of narrowed down a little bit for you, but, I mean, there's 50,000 acres right there that anything can roam around in, so. But have you looked into reports in your state? Have you utilized either the Bigfoot Mapping Project or? Uh, I have the, that app and I did look and there's not too many sightings. There's a couple around the area, but not as many as I thought there would be, at least not on the Bigfoot Mapping Project. And I never even thought to call it in and say, yeah, I just kind of one of those things like, okay, well, I saw it. I know it's real and going to leave it at that. <laughs> And then I hear all these people talking about it. And then I'm like, well, gave me a little courage to come on and talk about my story. Hopefully it helps others bring it out too, you know? Well, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking at the map of Minnesota right now on the, uh, on Scott's, uh, app. And, you know, to be fair, um, you say there wasn't many, many reports, um, there isn't a state, just the, the, in the area that I'm at. I haven't looked at it in a couple months, but. You know, there there are a significant number of sightings and reports in the state. Um, and, and the reason I bring that up is in Michigan, um, you know, most people think I'm from Michigan. I lived in Michigan for the length of my 
marriage and I now live right at the state line. Um, but Michigan is a good example because it is an unusual state in that it has that upper peninsula. Um, and, you know, Bigfoot used to be, uh, seemed to be an upper peninsula phenomenon. Um, not a lot of, not a lot of population up there. Houses are very sparse, uh, a lot of space in between, a lot of, uh, a lot of tree cover, a lot of undeveloped land up there. And yeah, no, we're, and, and to get to the lower peninsula, you either have to go by boat or you have to cross the Mackinac Bridge. Okay. And there seems to be a a pretty good amount of Bigfoot reports in the upper mid portion of Michigan. Not in the Upper Peninsula, but above Grand Rapids before before you get to Traverse City, say. Um, okay. So in that top third of the of the state, and you know, I've talked to several people who think that there is some sort of a migration or a migratory pattern to the way they move. Not necessarily that they're leaving an area. Uh, nomadically, but, you know, kind of, uh, I guess one that comes to mind is uh, Mike Famelant uh, from New Jersey. He was convinced that there were two or three clans or families um, in in northern Jersey that pretty much kind of made the rounds uh, around the state based on the the blooming and the uh, production of berries in a certain bush. Um, he said they would they would bear fruit a couple times a year, and one group would come through and, you know, devastate the area with eating everything up. And then another group would come back in later in the year when they were, when they were filling back up with berries again. You know, so I, I think even though there may not be a, significant amount of sightings in the area that you're talking about there is a pretty good chance that they're moving through that area oh yeah i mean we're i'm only an hour away from reamer minnesota and that's like the minnesota bigfoot capital so i mean it's they're around i mean and they could be passing through i mean i don't think they live on the property on my parents property but they could be passing through i mean it was early fall i mean good time to good time to get out there's lots of big acreage around and it's a good time to get out of minnesota you know before the winter hits so yeah have you ever looked into uh cave systems in minnesota do you do you know is there a significant uh cave system not that i know there is but not that i'm aware of i know there's some caves up in duluth you can go explore and there's some down south of the cities that you can go explore, but I, in my area, I've no. We went, yeah, we went up to the Iron Range and we went in those caves, but that was an actual mining cave. Mm-hmm. It's just it's but, something that's always kind of interested me because when you when you take a map that is a a concise map of Bigfoot reports, and you overlay it with a map of bear infested areas they're almost identical oh yeah i can see that and when you lay down a map of the known cave systems in north america they're almost identical interesting you know so you know the idea of these things at some point obviously they're they're going to have to um try to come in from out of the weather because Minnesota is, is cold as ass, right? Oh yeah. Um, you know, so, um, you know, can wild animals survive it? Absolutely. They do every year. Oh yeah. You know, so, um, but 
they're looking for some kind of shelter. And I don't see any reason why, you know, Bigfoot would not take advantage of underground cave systems to help. Oh, I can totally. Yeah, I can totally see how they would utilize that. The other thing I find very interesting, and I've asked Scott if he would work on a map of this, is um, a a map of known uh, reported UFO sightings throughout North America from the early yeah. 1900s. When you overlay that map, <laughs> it is almost exactly the same. Huh. Now I'm not. Yeah, su- I haven't looked into that. Now, I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting that uh, Bigfoot is the watchdog of of aliens or anything like that. I'm all I'm saying is that it is interesting that those things all seem to fall in the same areas. And why would that be? Hey man, anything is possible. Yeah. I like I said, I always thought the idea of Bigfoot was cool, and when I saw it, I was still in shock. I just uh, you. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I mean, and like I was just telling my brother before you and me started talking, I'm like, dude, if the dog wasn't there, I would just think I'm crazy. Well, I probably wouldn't even have gone outside if it wasn't for her. But if she didn't act the way she did, I would just think I'm nuts. But she reacted like I've never seen her. And he was, I've built a very good relationship with that dog and she was not lying to me. Yeah. What about neighbors or town folk? Uh, if did you, did you test the waters and see if you could get anybody else in the area to, uh, have a conversation about it? Did anybody else, did you run across any other reports or? Well, well that's the funny thing is, you know, you, I like to talk about this kind of stuff. And some people scoff at it. Some people laugh at it. Some people are interested by it. Well, I was getting some shit from my neighbors because, you know, I was telling them my story. And they're asking all these questions, whatnot, laughing at them and giving me grief. I'm like, okay, man, that's fine. You know, you believe what you want to believe. That's fine. No worries. I get it. And then uh, I was going to walk back home. And one of the other neighbors come running out. And he's like, hey, man, uh, so I didn't see anything. And this, this took place up in Bemidji. This was years ago. And he said, uh, he was out jogging and it was at nighttime. I don't know what time of year or anything, but he said something was pacing him in the woods and it was breaking trees as it was moving. He said, so he started sprinting and this was, he was running cause he was in sports and he was obviously a guy athlete. He's like, Josh, I was running as fast as I could. He goes, what in the hell can run through the trees, keep it up with me, breaking trees down? And these weren't little saplings. These were like, he said, these were three, four inch trees. And it was just running next to him. And then he said it ran further ahead. And then he stopped, ran back, and then it paced him back. And his dad was like, oh, it was just a deer. No, deer, no, not at all. That's not even what a deer would do at all. So, and a bear, I mean, yeah, you there could break a tree, but I can't imagine it running parallel with you and then stopping and running back with you doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. He said, whatever it was, was toying with him, and he never saw it, but he goes, it's just something that I thought about and I think about often. And I'm like, Hey man, you could have had an experience. I mean, yeah, he believes me and everything and other neighbors. I got some neighbors that do a lot of hunting and mushroom hunting and foraging and all that. And, they're starting to warm up and uh, I don't know. I might've seen something. Okay. Well, you know, all I know is when you see it, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> Won't be any mistakes. Huh? That's, that's yeah, what's so funny with, you know, some of the, the, the naysayers and the, the people that try to debunk it, you know, misidentification. Um, you know, okay. If, if you're hundreds of yards away, and you don't have any kind of optics, yeah, maybe maybe you see a bear stand up, and it's like, holy shit, I saw a Bigfoot. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you're like what most accounts end up being <clears throat> is a relatively close distance, or they're yeah. viewing it through some sort of optics, and to just say that it's a misidentification, 
just seems like a, a complete and and total cop out to me. Well, yeah, and I mean, I'm misidentification definitely happens. Don't get me wrong, but you're going to sit tell me that every single person that's seen something is a misidentification? No. I mean, I can see the misidentification thing for sure, but this, there's no way I could have misidentified this. I'm, curi- I'm curious if I, you if you went back out to that tree, and the only reason I ask this is because this is something that I had not really heard much about in any accounts or anything like that, but I did find out about it from a couple of local Michigan uh, uh, researchers, weekend warriors, basically. And uh, and it's kind of like a signpost for them, which is deep scratches at around that 9 or 10 foot height in trees, in telephone poles in clear cuts that, you know, are running through fire lanes and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's a curious thing to me, you know, I, I mean, if, if it's, if it's a pole that gets climbed by a, uh, by an electrical guy, you know, maybe it's uh maybe they're just being scraped by the, uh, the, the cleats on their shoes when they're trying to climb up the pole, but, um, well that too, or they could be, you know, the Bigfoot could be marking their territory, but I mean, like where I was, I mean, we looked at that tree and see nothing. I mean, but also I don't think that's also a trail for it or highway for it. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think that's a normal location for it to be. So maybe that's why there's, I didn't find anything, but yeah, I mean, for the, as far as the scratches and stuff go, I mean, if they're marking territory, maybe that's what some of the structures are too. Yeah. What about any other weird, weird stuff? Have you, have you had any other experiences? Well, um, I can't definitively say it was a portal, but me and my neighbor were sitting out on his deck and just looking up at the skies and just sitting there, you know, relaxing. Did you say a portal? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, that's all. And I'm not going to say it was. Okay. But I, I, I just, I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, and it's we were both looking up, and we both looked a certain direction just to the right a little bit at the exact same time. And when we did, it was like a little green, like ball, like slit almost. And it it almost looks like if you shoot a BD through like a bubble where it, like it's gone, and then it leaves that little trail behind it. It was like a green, glowing pixie dust trail i want to say it wasn't super obvious but it left a trail and then it was just a green ball that stayed there and we were both like whoa did you see that and my other neighbor's like what what, what were you guys looking at and he, he could still see the green ball but he didn't see what we saw before that thing i mean it was pretty wild. the only thing i could describe it as was a portal i mean i i don't know what else it could be it wasn't it wasn't an aircraft interesting um do you, I, do you yeah. have an idea can you take a guess as to like i mean was it relatively close to the ground you know like underneath cloud cover or was it way up there or is this something you No, talking? this was up this looked like it was up by the stars i mean we okay. were looking at the stars and watching satellites and stuff like that so i mean it was up there hmm. and we didn't see anything come through other than just that trail of like pixie dust quick and it was like it wasn't super bright but it looked just like something kind of shot through it and then it went from like the little slit in the sky to just a little green ball but all you were witness to was like the remnants of something coming through you didn't see an actual um like craft, craft or anything craft or yeah anything. no i didn't no nothing like that no i just it was just like a little green slit and then poof and then it just turned into a little green ball. But it was nothing I've ever seen before, and I couldn't explain it. And my neighbor, he was just as dumbfounded as I was. He's like, dude, what the hell was that? I'm like, dude, we might have just seen a portal. <laughs> and he's like, you think so? And I'm like, well, what else would it be? He's like, man, I don't know. That's, that's pretty wild. <laughs> and then, like, you just, just 
far as like the paranormal stuff goes. My wife used to give me grief. And then when we started dating, she was telling me her that she lived with a shadow dude named George and the whole family was just cool with it. And that's how I started talking about Bigfoot. And I think it was just meant to be, you know, a, sh- a shadow man, <laughs> a shadow person named George. Yep. Can Can you go into that? I mean, it's just from what she said. I mean, I mean, she's in the house. If you want me to grab her, <laughs> yeah. Um, if she, if her, she'd be willing to, that'd be great. Absolutely. All right, she's busy right now, cooking and all that. So she's <laughs> like, I can't right now. But, <laughs> um, but her from her story is, she would see this thing, you know, kind of walk past or whatever. It wasn't always there and interacting with anybody, but it was they were seeing it and they named it George. And she said one night, um, there, she had a picture of a friend of hers on her nightstand who unfortunately passed away. And this thing kept, she would wake up odd hours of the night and she would just see this kind of mass standing at the end of her bed. And she said, I took that picture out of there. I know it was a newspaper article about him and she never saw it again. So no I don't know if that, yeah, it was kind of, like I said, I wasn't there, so it's speculation, but it's just what she said. And they, they all named it George. And, whole, the, thing and, and the whole family knew about it. Yep. They'd all had experiences like, with it. They've all seen it. Just kind of, they just ignored it and kind of just like a dog walking around. Not a big deal. You know, it ain't going to hurt you. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I, it's odd to me, I guess. But. I'd straight up be losing <laughs> my shit. If I had a shadow person walking around that was that that often and and everybody in the house was seeing it, I would not be I would not be doing well. Yeah, no, I I don't do good with that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> wow. Well, if she's ever interested, I'd love to hear about it because that that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely have her. Uh, send you an email and I don't know if I, I don't know how she does with the whole podcast thing, but definitely she'll probably definitely get a hold of you and at least tell you her story. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. So yeah, it's, it's been a, I've always kind of been do what you're told. This is how it is. That's how I was raised kind of thing. And then you start seeing things. And it just changes everything. Like, and then I look back, you look back on like the past and you're like, Oh, that was, that was weird at the time. And that happened. And it's just crazy. Like (laughs) Bigfoot's real. And I'm totally convinced of it. It sounds Uh, like your dad's convinced of it too. And it's, I wonder why he, I wonder why he just doesn't want to talk about that. I, yeah. He just doesn't, he likes telling stories, but there's just some things that he just doesn't talk about. And I don't know if they're just because of an experience. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just a military thing. I Interesting. Well, I certainly appreciate you reaching out and sharing your story with us. It was. Oh man, uh, it's been an honor. It's, it's a. It's always it's always interesting talking to somebody who has seen one because more times than not the reaction is almost identical to what you're talking about that that state of disbelief that state of trying to wrap your head around what you're seeing doesn't make sense um trying to trying to find something that fits that image that it could be you know it could be this it could be that yeah i mean like i said i was looking at it and like i knew in my heart i'm like that is a bigfoot but i was still trying to rationalize it like no it's got to be this it's got to be that but it wasn't like i saw what i saw and the dog verified that for me and i'm glad she was there for that as it was pretty wild, Eric. Uh, did she did she go back to acting normal after the event, 
or or was there some like some trepidation in her um going outside and you know was she did she kind of steer clear of that area for a little while oh well it was kind of late when we went in so that after that night we both just went in and she snuggled up pretty close to me she didn't want to leave my room but the next day she was fine like my dad said she was out sniffing around that tree and it wasn't a thing so i i yeah That's, I mean, that's what I brought up to my dad too, is when he said, he goes, she's acting weird. She's, she's really into that tree. And I'm like, well, they know they definitely, oh, they know. definitely know. And they're not going to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny when it comes to, you know, the canines, because so often you hear about, you know, the, that it didn't end well for them or that they simply did what yours did and, you know, tail between the legs and they're, they're not going to retreat, but they're not going any further. Um, my son and, uh, and a friend of his uh, rented a cabin in the Huron Manistee National Forest a couple of falls back. And they were taking their dogs for a walk down the trail, and uh, they got to a point. It was getting dusk. It wasn't quite dark yet, but it was on its way. Um, They had just got up there. They were taking the dogs for a walk so they could do their business. And um, they got to a point on the trail, and it was done. They were like they weren't taking another step forward. Um, And... So they turned around, they went back, they unloaded the car into the, the rental. And, uh, you know, that night they had, uh, a number of strange things, a lot of electrical dis, uh, discrepancies, dis, disturbances, I guess would be a better word. Um, lights mm-hmm. coming on, uh, like on the porch lights flickering and coming on, shutting off. Um, it was not a motion sensor light. Um, you know, telephone calls between him and I, as he was looking at eye shine across the street, coming out of a um, a bunch of trees, and uh, every time the light would turn on on the porch by itself, the call would get very electronic sounding and tinny, and to the point where we would just lose signal, and it was done. And then a few minutes later, the light would go back off. And he was able to get signal and he would call me back and he's like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. I'm getting kind of freaked out. And then the same thing would happen. And we, we spent from about eight o'clock in the evening till probably damn near around 11. Um, you know, there was probably 15 phone calls back and forth. We lost, uh, we dropped calls that often and it was always in relation to the light either turning on or turning off on the front porch and I shine from across the street. So, you know, you've, you've mentioned the word, the woo, uh, a couple of times tonight. And, you know, a lot of people throw the woo out with the baby with the bathwater, you know, um, yeah, I, do, I, I don't I definitely so much. Throw it out. <laughs> I don't nope. so much because I think there are some, there are some weird things there are some weird aspects to these things that, um, may not be supernatural or uh, otherworldly. It's just simply things that we don't understand about them. Um, you know, I mean, we have we have eels that can shock you, can electrocute you, you know. So, I mean, there, there are animals in our natural known world that have um, electrical currents running through them. And, you know, maybe it's something as, as simple as that. Um, well, yeah, and look at tigers. They can do infrasound on their, yeah, and, or their prey. So, I mean. Tigers, uh, elephants. Um, there was a, there was an instance of elephants had been out of the area uh, for a long time and then had started to move back into this area. And uh, the people that live there, they started to have a uh, kind of an explosion in um, suicides. And what they didn't realize was that the number of elephants that were coming in and as close as they were to the living areas of these people, um, infrasound is, is a natural part of their, um, their communication. 
and people were not not responding well to having the infrasound being around them all the time and it was causing problems and well yeah i mean i i'm not going to throw out the woo at all because i've heard enough stories and there's a lot of similarities in a lot of them now with my experience it was i didn't get any weird any you know like i said no aliens no orbs no glowing eyes it was just this giant ass thing standing behind the tree looking at me and I'll be damned. It looks like a big food to me. And then <laughs> I see the dog and I'm going in, you know, because I've heard stories of dogs getting like ripped apart and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm like, well, if she's, I'm going to trust her and I'm going to do what she's doing. So. And whenever I hear about dogs being involved, I always go back to the one gentleman who's from um, a little, little further South than central Michigan and a little bit over on the East, uh, the East side. Um, his dog would run into the woods and be gone for hours and come back smelling to high hell. Is he the one that was calling them and stuff and had the neighbors come over and everything? And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I remember, yeah. And there was a, uh, there was a garden center or something that he would, his dog would go with him everywhere. It was a small dog and they had a Bigfoot statue at the, um, the garden center. And when they would go to the garden center and walk up to the front door, that dog would run up to that statue and just be all tail wagging and like wanting to play. Like, like it's out there feeding it or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like it was having some kind of a playful relationship with this thing. Well, I mean, they have intelligence. I mean, I, you hear people, Oh, they're just the friendly forest giant or no, they're evil. I don't, I think they're just like humans. I think there's good and there's bad. Sure. You know, and yeah, they got traits, obviously, that we don't know because it's not scientifically proven yet, but um, they got traits, man, that are unknown of, so who's, who knows what they're capable of? Right. So yeah, I'm not going to throw the woo out at all. I mean, I think it's awesome, and I would love to see something that wild, but my experience was just natural, natural animal, human, whatever Bigfoot, um, just chilling. One last question about the uh, the description of it. Um, okay. So if if you were to see a silhouette of something that had a massive amount of hair on it, and it was just okay. big and bulky, versus something that had a, a a thinner amount of hair rather than fur. And it laid more, uh, laid more naturally across the musculature of the body. Um, it would, it would have a, a different shape. It wouldn't just be big and blobby. It would maybe show like the um, the curvature of the the traps coming off the neck or the the um, the roundness of the shoulders. Was was any of that apparent in in what you were able to see? Or did, um, or did it seem big and furry, hair covered, just like a massive amount of hair? Okay, so you know when you see a really bad CGI video, there's like a kind of like a glow or fuzzy kind of appearance around it. Mm-hmm. It it kind of looked like a. Uh, it was huge, and it had that kind of. I don't want to say that look because it obviously wasn't CGI, but. There was no definition of muscle that I could see. Okay, that's what I was but I don't. At. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was very straight silhouette. Like, you see the big, giant Bigfoot cutouts? I mean, it was literally a silhouette. But, I mean, I saw it move, so it's not like somebody put the thing out there and mm-hmm. waited for me to walk out, you know, so. Yeah. But, yeah, it had kind of a weird look that I knew it wasn't like a naked guy standing there. I can tell you that much. <laughs> So that would have been more disturbing and equally as uh, disturbing yeah, I, in a different yeah, way. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd go, I'd go towards the Bigfoot in that situation. Well, Josh, thank you so much for getting hold of me. Uh, I appreciate your support. Thanks for being a part of the discord community. And, uh, yeah. it's been a pleasure talking to you, my friend. 
Yeah, I'm excited to read and see what everybody says about it. I mean, it was it was an experience, and I I absolutely love your show. I love what you're doing, and keep doing it. It's uh, you're you're helping a lot of people, even though you might not think you are. You are because it gave listening. Like I said, your show and other shows gave me courage to come up and tell my story and my truth. And you know, just people can mock me wherever they want. I'm the kind of person that I take everything with a grain of salt, stay open minded, and people right and live your life that's right and that's why that's why we create places like this for people to be able to do that and not have all the side eye and the the crappy comments thrown at them it's uh they're a safe place for people to come and talk about their experiences yep and you guys got a great community there on discord i love talking with you guys and stuff so it's been uh it's been a un unforeseen pleasure um you know at my age i i didn't know discord from anything um it was a recommendation by my son that it be something that i look into and uh it's been a lot of fun it really has i've enjoyed never a dull moment absolutely enjoy the campfires when we get to do those on the voice channel and uh well josh with that i will bid you good night and thank you for reaching out and I will let you know when this is going to air it should be not long I may turn around and uh, move this to the front of the list and uh, possibly drop it tomorrow so that would be awesome I need something to listen to I'm, I'm, I ran out of all your episodes so <laughs> <laughs> well if you if you run into anybody please um, you know throw my name in the hat um always always looking for new stories and uh, a lot of them want to tell you the story a lot of them want to talk to you on the phone um, but don't want anything about uh, to do with being on the show and uh, and, yep and I get that because I was nervous too because I've been under scrutiny for this and that's fine but it's the fact of the matter is is I want to know the truth. So if I can put mine out there, yep. if that helps other people look into things and share their truths, well, it seems like a good thing to me, you know? Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you. All right, Eric. I appreciate it, man. It's been an honor. Good night. Night.